Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Gus, the first meal I had outside my own home following the quarantine was at your house. Brought over a bunch of meat. I brought over my Alpine Touch, but I didn't bring it home. I forgot it at your place. Our first meal was made better, as every meal is made better by Alpine Touch on basically everything. I put Alpine Touch hickory smoke on my cereal in the morning. <laughs> It's, it's reached that level of usage. And the fact that you left it, I knew that you left it at my house. You brought it over, left it at my house. And like a real jerk, I said nothing to you because I was like, well, that's mine, dude. That's it. You came to my house. You left it in my house. And I'm eating all of it. We've gotten so far into this Alpine Touch obsession, I think, that I just think we might be able to host a podcast about all the things that you can make with Alpine Touch. It would be short. Everything. (laughs) They have a bunch of different varieties of spices, as we know. Uh, They are local from the state of Montana. Shoto, shout out, original Alpine Touch. And it's great when it's not just local, when it's not just supporting the state of Montana, but when it's also actually the best thing that you can get. I mean, when it comes to spices, uh, it's second to none. So, boys and girls, use your Alpine Touch. Colter, tell them where they can get it. AlpineTouch.com, no matter where you're at in the entire world listening to this, if you are in the United States of America and you make an order of over $50, which, you know, if you get yourself the Grand Slam and maybe some barbecue sauce, some sunflower seeds, you're there. Free shipping anywhere in the United States of America right now. Uh, so go to AlpineTouch.com. They're rolling out all their summer Big Mountain flavor packages. The sunflower shoots are really, really good as well. Alpine Touch has got you covered. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. Welcome back to Tell Nuanas. 1029 ESPN Radio. Now from the Kurtz Polaris Studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanas. I don't know if it was redundant, me to say it and then for Cutler to say it, but thanks, Jim. Giving us the shout-out there the Kurtz Polaris Studios. If you missed anything in the first hour, check it out on the podcast. Podcast available wherever you get your podcast. Search 2 Tell New Honest. Rate, review, enjoy, subscribe. We appreciate that. The podcast there, thanks to Alpine Touch and Blackfoot. If you'd like to call, 361-3688 is the phone number. All guests join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. And if you would like to 
listen live and it's more convenient on your phone, maybe on your computer, whatever it might be, your house, maybe you're out of market, whatever, 1029ESPN.com. You go there, you listen live on the Listen Live tab. The stream is running downhill, and it is there thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Reese said we do not have a wing it Wednesday color yet, but yes. give him the number one more time in case you okay. want to do a wing. No, that's all right. Okay. Go ahead. But he said we did have a color that was asking about Great Falls CMR having a young team for basketball with five sophomore starters but only four seniors, or do they just have a young team? I'm confused by the question. If that person wants to call back and ask live on the radio, that would be great. I, I, I don't. I, I don't have much in terms of my. Uh, Intrinsic knowledge of CMR basketball right now. I will say this. I mean, this, it was a, it was a very like passing by CMR football reference historically totally. that was made. So I'm not sure. Uh, Once upon a time was involved in a project called Hometown Pride, and we compiled a twice a year magazine essentially that had feature stories about various different places and people and sports figures and sports teams in Montana that maybe don't get the same, you know, relentless and top shelf billing as Montana, Montana state. So I was writing, I remember I wrote a a feature about um, the kid who was playing quarterback up in Montana state Northern at the time, or a kid named Andre McCullough, who was a great receiver at Rocky mountain kid named Austin Dodge, who's a record setting quarterback at Southern Oregon. Uh, who had, who had, I had actually ironically covered at Central Washington once upon a time as well. But my two favorite stories I wrote for that publication, one, uh, is the title was Haunted by Ghosts, and it was all about the, the ties between the tradition and the history and the connections to religion at Carroll College. Mm. And the other one was about Pride Field, which is the field that CMR football practiced on forever. And this is the opposite of what new age kids want now. The glitzy indoor practice facility, the new turf, all this stuff. You might as well go practice in the freaking parking lot if you're going to practice on Pride Field. You're talking gravel, sand. There's very few blades of grass on Pride Field. <laughs> yeah. It's not where they play. They play at Memorial Stadium, which is a beautiful stadium. But yeah. they do, Pride Field... Jack Johnson wanted it to be tough. He wanted you to be bleeding by the end of practice. Yeah. But it's been one of the most perplexing things. Somebody that is a, a historian when it comes to sports in Montana, and I have great reverence for people that put together resumes like Jack Johnson did. Bring him on. Let's let's have him. Do, do you have a culmination, though, to the, the, cul- the culmination is that it's been one of the most perplexing, because I know when a legend retires, it's really hard to replace that person. Almost impossible oftentimes. But the the CMR was different than any other program in mm, Montana. It right. wasn't just that they were good for Montana. In my sophomore year of high school, CMR had five FBS guys, let alone like 10 Big Sky guys. Yeah. The whole roster was Division One. Yeah. And they have been nowhere close to that. There's I can't even think off the top of my head of a Great Falls CMR guy that plays for the Cats or the Grizz. That's incredible. We go out of the phones and we welcome in an unknown person who will now identify his or herself. Hello, caller. What is your name? How are you? Try. Uh, sorry, we didn't have you there at the beginning. Say one more time. Who is this? Rick Barnwell. Hi, Rick. Thank you for calling. We appreciate it. Thanks for calling back. First of all, this is great. Rick, what is your question or statement about CMR basketball? So the 
they're a young team, you yes. know, as far as starters go, as far as, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of uh, sophomores playing, you know, as far as the varsity team. And I, I was just curious to see what your guys' thoughts were to see them coming up next year. Now, Rick, let me so, ask you this. Are you in Great Falls right now? <clears throat> uh, my, my son plays for CMR. so Very good. Well, Rick, we appreciate that call. Here's the first thing we're going to do, Rick, for Colin, because we don't have time to do trivia with you. We're going to send you to the Desperado anyway. You come down to Missoula at some point, you're going to be able to go get wings on us. So give your information to Reese. We'll get you set up with that. In terms of CMR basketball culture, a young team, an up-and-coming team, where do they fit into the landscape of double-A hoops next season? Where were they this season? Well, I I know they had a little bit of a, a struggle this last year. Uh, but it was because they were so young. And I know that they had, I think, four, maybe even five sophomores in the rotation. And, uh, you know, one thing I do know is that they have had a great continuity uh, in the coaching ranks in basketball. John Sislo has been there for quite some time, and he's always a guy I've thought it was a, a good coach. He's got a lot of guys ready for the college level. And so, you know, I think that there's going to be a pretty good changing of the guard next year in A, particularly with everybody that, Missoula Hellgate loses especially, but right. Billing Skyview was a veteran team as well. But then you look at you know, somebody like Missoula Sentinel, they're probably going to have the front runner for Gatorade Player of the Year and Alex Germer. So I think that Double A is going to be pretty wide open. The East wasn't as good as the West last year, but that could change this year because you don't have Raleigh Wooster and Abe yeah. Johnson and Cam Lawrence dominating the ranks in the West. And so I do think a young team like that that has sophomore, made up of mostly sophomores and juniors, uh, they have a chance to, to be pretty darn good. I think John Sissel is a pretty darn good coach. Appreciate the call, Rick, and anybody else. You're welcome to 361-3688. It is time for our ESPN Roundtable. It is presented by Paradise Falls, and we are happy to uh, have it be Craig Haley of Stats, Performance, and Athlon Sports. Their brand-new preseason poll came out. We had uh, uh, Sam Herter on last week. This overlays nicely two different polls. The only thing from a Big Sky perspective that's the same, the Montana Grizzlies, seventh in both of them. We'll hear from Craig Haley right now as our ESPN Roundtable to explain himself. Well, welcome into the ESPN Roundtable and happy to be joined by Craig Haley, who covers the FCS naturally for Stats Perform and Athlon as well. And Craig, thanks so much for being with us. We appreciate it. How are you doing? Doing real well. Thanks for having me on, gentlemen. Well, we're, we're happy to have you on. Excited to have you here. And uh, Athlon Sports uh, has just released their preseason FCS Top 25 poll. I know the Hero Sports you know, released theirs maybe last week. And so this one is in the books now. And we here you know, in the Big Sky Conference, by the way, North Dakota State number one in your poll. Excellent work. Great insight, Craig. So the little birdie told me about that one. Yeah, yeah, no, that's you you nailed it uh there. But in the Big Sky Conference, uh there's again five teams in the top twenty five in this poll. Weber State the top in this poll at number three overall, not Sacramento State. Montana State the number two team from the conference at five, Montana at seven, then Sacramento State, who won the Big Sky last year, is at twelve, and then Eastern Washington. Uh, who has been perennially very good. They are down at 20. So let's go through this a little bit. Uh, Weber State, they're at number three in the nation. They do go to the national semifinal last year. Uh, we're at as high as three uh, during the course of the season last year. What do you like about the Weber State Wildcats? Why are they your highest-ranked Big Sky team? Sure. I, you know, Jay, Jay Hill certainly just has them taking steps with each year. I mean, not just 
you know, winning Big Sky titles, but on the national stage. And, you know, I think they just, their talent level back is, is so good, especially in the skills positions. Obviously, the, the big question is, is whether they get the, the, the strong quarterback play after, after losing a two-year starter and, 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 you know, Jake Constantine. I mean, the defense has been the best in, in the Big Sky for several years. You know, they're, they've raised their schedule. I just think they're just have gone to that next level as, as a perennial top five team. Jay Hill is very impressive when you spend time with him or speak with him. His he's unwavering in his vision and he's a no nonsense type of guy. But Craig, you've covered the FCS for a long time. Weber State was relatively competitive under Ron McBride in the two thousands, but Jay Hill has taken them to the next level. You mentioned the defense. What else have you noticed about Weber State's program that's helped them become now? I mean, honestly, this perennial top twenty five team or this perennial top five team, a team that's shared or won each of the last three Big Sky titles. Well, they see what wins, and, and you know, you, you have that strong run game. You're physical on the offense and defensive lines. That's proven to be, you know, a, a deep playoff kind of kind of formula. I mean, you know, you know, we mentioned North Dakota State. I mean, that's their bread and butter, and, and I think Jay Hill has kind of, you know, built, built that a little bit in, in the same mold that, you know, you got to win up front, and, and then you, you plug in, you know, the right uh, – kind of speed and, and, and athleticism around, you know, your main base. So I, I think he's got the right formula for, for how, to, how to win titles and, and go deep in playoffs. It's very interesting, though, to look at because the Big Sky Conference was one of the – was on the forefront in all of college football, honestly, in, in throwing the ball around, running the spread, you know, whether it was Portland State in the early days or, you know, Montana in the 90s. Idaho had prolific quarterbacks. And then you watched it all the way through the 2000s. Bobby Houck's Grizz dominated the league with run-first and defensive-minded teams. But Eastern Washington, actually the last Big Sky team to win a Big Sky title, and they did it with a high-flying pass-oriented offense. So this is a debate we've been having on this show for quite some time. Right now you look at the Big Sky Conference, the two teams in this top five of the poll, Weber State and Montana State, they seem to be building it very similar to what's given North Dakota State so much success this decade. That said, we've seen Montana State go to Fargo each of the last two years and try to play with the same formula that NDSU uses to win, and Montana State has not been close. The gap definitely closed a little bit this last year, but still 42-14 in the semifinals, uh, a far cry from maybe where Montana State wants to be. So what do you think of that element? Obviously, Weber State and Montana State are building it similar to North Dakota State, but is that the way to do it, or do you need to go the opposite fashion to derail the bison? Well, you're right, in the, Colton, Colton uh, that, uh, you know, the, the, the league, the big sky has been, you know, known for its quarterback play, for high-flying kind of attacks. But look, look at Weber and, and Montana State last year. They, they, you know, went as far as they did, and yet they didn't have that dominant quarterback. So it does show you in a sense that, um, you know, if, if you play a physical style, if you have that dominant run game that you can, uh, you know, control game clock, you don't necessarily have to have, you know, a, a lights-out quarterback. And, and not that their quarterbacks didn't have big games, but they're not the ones you think first when you when you talk about the best quarterbacks in the Big Sky. So I do think yes, that formula does work, uh, Coulter. So I, I do think that you know it's proven to be what you need. You know, and yes, you know, in Eastern Washington is <laughs> and what Montana used to do. Obviously, that that formula can work too. I'm just saying, 
right now it does seem like it's gone back to having that kind of power run game too. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. Craig Haley joining us from uh, Stats Perform and Athlon. The new Athlon Sports FCS preseason poll is out. And want to talk to you about uh, the Montana schools. This is the only uh, agreement that this poll and the Hero Sports poll have in the Big Sky schools is Montana at seven. But what is notable is Montana <laughs> State. You have them at five, which Coulter and I talked about last week. It seems reasonable that the Cats would be above the Grizz in a preseason poll given the head-to-head the last couple of years, and they did go further ultimately in the postseason. But when you look at these two teams and the programs where they're at right now, Jeff Choate has to sort of keep a high watermark and see if he can in break through to yet another level where Bobby Houck heading into year three, this program seems to continue to be surging with the University of Montana. Where do you see these two schools? Obviously five and seven in the poll, but just in general, the program's directionally heading into this season. Well, they're, they're both, you know, among the elite again, you know, the, you know, having Bobby Houck back, uh, Ryan, you know, gets them there. And, and Jeff, you know, uh, has done a great job. Jeff Choate at, at Montana state, I think, though, that four-game losing streak to Montana State really kind of hangs over the Grizz. And, 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 you know, yes, it changes from year to year, but they also have to go out and show that they can get it done. I mean, you know, going into last year, you, you might have said, hey, this, this would be their year, and then look what the kind of score they ran into. So I think that hangs over them because they're, they're looking to that all season as much as their games, you know, important games along the way. They, they know that game means so much when it comes to, you know, uh, where they stand, you know, playoff-wise, seed, you know, in, in recent years, you know, getting in at times. Uh, so, I, you know, it may be a big sky title in the automatic bid. I just think that game really is hanging over them a bit just because they're not used to losing four straight to the Bobcats. No question. It's definitely uh, uncharted territory, at least in the modern era of this rivalry. Uh, Craig, I want to ask you a couple more things about the Cats and the Grizz specifically. But before we move on from the top five of that poll, we've seen parity become such a a commonplace thing in college athletics, especially in mid-major and low-major athletics. You see it in basketball so much. But in the FCS, it seems the return of the traditional powers like Montana, Montana State, and the Big Sky, uh, combined with then what Jay Hill's done at Weber State and then this, the continued solid play out of Eastern Washington, uh, it's made less a parody in the Big Sky Conference. But at the top of the polls, we've seen even less parody. It's North Dakota State, and then it's James Madison, and it seems like everybody else is playing for third or playing for fourth. And so I want to ask you, in your mind, what is the biggest difference? What's the gap like right now between teams that are you know, really good, like Weber State and Montana State and Montana, and those top two teams that seem to be in the Final Four and in the FCS National Championship game year in and year out? I think... You know, there's always going to be, you know, six to eight teams during the course of the season that you, you can start to make the case for them, you know, maybe getting to Frisco and, and, and actually winning it other than, than the Bison. But the, the Bison, you know, they, they've they had home field advantage throughout the playoffs. The one year that, that 
they could have gone on the road uh, for a semifinal. It, it worked out for them to, to actually uh, get that home game. So they, you know, they're tough. Pete, obviously, in the Fargo Dome, and and at that deep playoff run, you know, I, I just think you know they they know the formula. They even know Frisco. You know those that three week build up that there's been teams that just have gotten there and don't even realize how overwhelmed they're about to be in Frisco. So James Madison, yes, has been the team that stood up the best so far in recent years to to this dynasty, and then yet yeah, there is a gap. I, I don't think you know in a year to year you know one game situation. There's no reason you know Weaver can't pull off a win or a Montana State against the Bison. It hasn't happened. But, you know, it, it, it can at some point because you're talking about a one-game situation. But over the long haul, including the regular season, the, the Bison are just, you know, they're two, three deep where other teams can't afford to have a key injury. And, and the Bison have had them before the playoffs. So, you know, the, the ability to, to, to uh, you know, recruit, and, and they have a great recruiting base up there, but, and, and to be a national program, you have kids going there that say, hey, I want to go there and win a national title rather than, you know, going to an FBS program. They have that advantage built in as well. But I, I, there is a gap. James Madison probably this year will take a little bit of a step back um, for what they lost senior-wise. So, you know, there are teams in the mix here that can knock off the Bison. It just has to happen in that one-game situation. On one hand, North Dakota State has gotten so much national, not just in the FCS, but just true national exposure in college football. Multiple college game days going to Fargo. Uh, If Trey Lance lives up to the hype that he has right now, he'll be the second straight top 10 quarterback from North Dakota State to get drafted in the NFL and the third straight guy to go to the NFL period when you include Brock Jensen. So on that note, it seems like as if North Dakota State's been nothing but good for the FCS. But on the other hand, it's kind of just, pencil it in we know who's going to win the national championship every year i don't know if you can necessarily say that this year but in your opinion as somebody that's covered the fcs for a long time is it good to have a team that's been this dominant for this long i think it's good in the sense that everybody is paying attention from a you know a casual football fan who's maybe not a big time fcs fan so it draws them in because you have a dynasty and and you're you're almost saying okay i i want to see the dynasty continue or you want to see them get knocked off so i think that is a good thing. I think last year, though, might have been a, a, a scary thing for the FCS in the sense that North Dakota State only had six, excuse me, seven returning starters going into last year, let alone a new coach. But to only have seven and to go sixteen and zero, wow! That you know that sets you up. I mean, I left Frisco thinking, okay, this team is going to win the next two titles for sure. What they have coming back, I tell you what, the loss of Jabril Cox really takes a little bit of away from what they had back, you know, on defense. So I, I think you could point to that and say, okay, here, here's something that they weren't counting on. But I just think, you know, when you can go 16-0 and and win a national title after only returning seven starters, that's a little bit scary over the long haul where, yes, you know, it, they're drawing people in because they're a dynasty, but at the same time is you do want to have some competition. Craig Haley joining us from Stats Perform and uh, also Athlon Sports. Athlon uh, putting out their preseason FCS poll uh, uh, earlier uh, today. Craig, 
I want to talk about Sacramento State for a moment with you. They are the defending uh, conference champions. They were up as high as number four. They obviously disappointed in the postseason, and they lost that game and kind of did sputter down the stretch a little bit, but I believe 10 of 11 starters returning on offense, including, of course, Kevin Thompson, who is an All-American caliber quarterback, Elijah Dotson as well as a skill position player. This is a very good football team. You got them outside the top 10. I don't. I, I. There's a lot of reasons I tend to agree with that. But what, in your opinion, is the thing where you go, okay, right now I'm I'm penciling them in as, as the fourth team in the Big Sky Conference. I'm probably a little concerned uh, on defense, especially on the defensive line for for some of their losses. At the same time, in retrospect, it is one I'm I'm starting to question a little bit that maybe they should be a bit higher. I I did you know compile this for Athlon and submitted it to. Oh, right. Actually, a little more than that, um, because of you know the the being a magazine, it, it you know has to be uh, go to production. So maybe it's a little bit low. I mean, obviously, you're asking a lot for them to 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 you know opening off with with a couple FBF games as long as they 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 occur. But from there, it's a pretty manageable schedule for sure. Um, you know, the trip to Montana is pretty daunting, but. I do think you know you can take those those top teams in the Big Sky and shake them up a little bit, and 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 everybody's going to have a different order and 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 be able to defend it because you know the the league has become top heavy and just you know on a national scale it's it's right there with 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 the Missouri Valley and at worst is number two. On that note, when the Big Sky Conference expanded in 2012 and added what essentially was just absorbing the Great West, adding UC Davis, Cal Poly, Southern Utah, and North Dakota, and now North Dakota's gone, but Idaho is back. But we saw when the Big Sky first expanded, almost everybody had the seat on the table. I think since the Big Sky expanded, I think Idaho State is the only team, and I guess now Idaho with their return to the FCS, that hasn't made the FCS playoffs at least once over the last eight years. And you've seen an array of teams that never really had a chance in the league, teams like Portland State and um, you know even North Dakota, Cal Poly, they all shared a conference title at one point or another, but the Big Sky was not getting the national prowess that it now has had the last couple of years. Last year, four-seeded teams, four teams with buys, in the national playoffs. So in your mind, do you think that the the league becoming more top-heavy, like you said, has actually been good for the league in terms of national recognition and, and getting those seeded teams that get buys in the playoffs? I think it is a good thing. I mean, you also have to factor in, you know, 13 teams or the 13 schools, it's the biggest FCS conference. So you're always going to have, you know, maybe five teams with legitimate resumes, playoff resumes by, by you know, early uh, November – um, you know, I think what we talked about with, with Weaver and Montana State, you know, bringing that physical kind of style, it shows you how important it is for a league because they have gotten to the next level, you know, uh, from, you know, quantity-wise, you know, to have four-seated teams last year for the first time was tremendous. So I, I think, you know, on any given Saturday, as they say, yeah, you know, you, you can get knocked off in your league, especially when you go on the road. So it's not that, you know, the, the second-tier teams aren't able to, 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 you know, gain a big, big win here or there. But, uh, you know, in many ways, if you're a top-heavy league, that, that means you have legitimate national, you know, top 25-type te- uh, teams that are, that are strong. And last question for me, then. 
where's the Big Sky rank in terms of FCS conferences? Do you feel like it's the best, or is it still the Missouri Valley? I think it's still the Missouri Valley because I think this is a, a great year for the Missouri Valley in the sense that, you know, I, I think North Dakota State, uh, Northern Iowa, uh, Illinois State, South Dakota State, I, I think they're all top ten teams going in. And I, I think for the most people, part people are going to agree with that now you could say the same thing here with with four big sky programs but i I just think it's a special year um to me i think you and i has a chance here to to knock off the bison especially they play them at home in cedar falls and they return the best talent in in at least a decade i think under mark farley so I, i think they have a special season i think a healthy south dakota state team could be special so i just think and, and the more I looked at Illinois State after losing James Robinson, who was so important to that team, I started saying, wow, they have a ton back as well. I think the big sky teams, the, the, you know, the two Montana schools, um, Sac- Sacramento State, Weaver State, you know, Eastern perhaps wants to get back in. They, they do have a lot to replace. But I think they have – that's a great group there. I just don't think it's quite as strong as, as the, the top uh, Missouri Valley teams. Greg, last question for you. We'll get you out of here. We, I'm wondering just about the FCS nationally from just a football standpoint, given everything that's going on with the coronavirus, sure. et cetera, all realms of sports, it seems like, want to be and feel pretty optimistic, maybe outside of MLB baseball, that they're going to be playing and that they're going to be coming back. Certainly in the Big Sky Conference, that has been the trend and, and sort of the direction this has gone. But are there any hurdles that the FCS specifically has that other leagues or other types of sports maybe don't have? And what is your vision about football in general at this level come fall? You know, I, I did talk to Commissioner Wister still last week, and, and he's, you know, confident that there'll be a season. And, and you know, everybody right now is, is being hopeful and confident, but, you know, it just may be different from what we're used to. Yes, you know, there probably won't be there, – there may be some games that aren't played, you know, at least non-conference-wise. We'll obviously see smaller crowds. Uh, testing will be a big issue, and, and schools, for the most part, are just still hoping that they're going to be able to afford it when the time comes. And then testing, you know, what it costs is going to keep going down as we get closer to September. I think it's going to be a season where we're all going to have to be realistic that it won't be what we're used to, realistic that, you know, hey, maybe this school only gets to play nine games while they're playing 11. Uh, Or, you know, this team only got four weeks of training camp. This school got six. I think we're all going to have to brace, okay, we have FCS football back. You know, we have sports back. It's just not going to be quite as, you know, the equity of everything will be what we're used to. Um, and just, you know, realize, hey, we're, we're, we're on the right track. Um, and just realize, okay, we can't be griping about this or that if things aren't quite as, you know, equal as we're used to. He's Craig Haley. He does a great job. AthlonSports.com to check out the top 25 poll. You can also follow him on Twitter at Craig Haley, H-A-L-E-Y. Nice job getting your own name for your own handle, by the way. Very (laughs) proud of you on that front. Craig, thanks so much for the time, man. We really appreciate it. Sure, I really appreciate it, gentlemen. Craig Haley covers the FCS nationally for 
stats, performance, and Athlon Sports. And again, I think, you, Coulter, you and I talked about you know the way that this preseason poll, the FCS poll, kind of sets up. And you and I, I think agree that that in terms of the Big Sky Conference and where those teams are slated, it more reflects kind of what we think uh, in the Athlon poll than probably the Hero poll with Weber State on top, then Montana State, Montana, and Sacramento State still highly ranked at 12, but there's still a little bit of prove it to me if for no other reason than, you know, sorry, man, but you're Sacramento State. You got to, we got to do this. You got to reset this thing and show us that you can do it again. As we know, especially in FCS college football, more than just personnel goes into having a national championship caliber team. Mm -hmm. That's all levels of college football, but it's most particularly true in the FCS, I think. And I think that Hero Sports, do they do a great job, but they also analyze things from a personnel perspective almost exclusively. Whereas Craig Haley, he's been covering the FCS on a national level for more than two decades, I believe. I mean, he's been doing it all the time that I've been doing it, at yeah. least. So uh, he's done. A, he's always done a great job, whether it was for the Sports Network or Stats or Athlon. Uh, his own personal conglomeration of SVS knowledge is peerless, but he analyzes things from a program perspective. Yeah. So he realizes even if Sac State does return 10 guys on offense, there is a proven element to it, right? Yeah. Even though Eastern Washington's always going to have great talent, where are they at now that they don't have Bo Baldwin recruits anymore? Yeah. Even though Montana re- returns a couple of potentially NFL caliber receivers in Sammy Akim and Samari Toure, are they ready to be better than the Bobcats? Because they haven't been for the last couple of years. So I appreciate Craig for analyzing it from a broader perspective rather than just a personnel perspective. Sorry, ESPN Roundtable is brought to us by Paradise Falls. and culture Paradise Falls in the south end of the city of Missoula. Great spot. Plenty of space inside of there. They got multiple rooms. Got a patio. Got a kind of great indoor glassed in uh, sort of solarium that you can sit in and look out on everything. And the NBA is returning, among various other things. Of course, you can watch everything that you want to uh, there at uh, Paradise Falls. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, they got it all. And I was over there earlier today, actually. I'm hearing that the casino's hot. Uh-oh. And I'm talking not hot with COVID. No, that would be bad. Hot with winnings. They're talking about the biggest payouts they've ever had. The machines have been sitting dormant for a couple months. They're ready to be warmed up. So if you have a little bit of an itch, you got a little extra cash in your pocket, Head on over to Paradise Falls, check out the casino. But you don't just have to sit in the casino either. You can also sit on the back porch, enjoy a cocktail. One of the best late happy hours in town from 9 to 11, Monday through Thursday. Half-price apps, $3 beers, as well as uh, half-price cocktails. And they also have one of the best early happy hours in town as well. So head on over to Paradise Falls. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, two happy hours. Open seven days a week, 3621 Brook Street in Missoula. Paradise Falls, Missoula's coolest hotspot. Elijah Reynolds out of Red Lodge. Montana State commit next. Coulter, during this time where we got to be a little bit socially distanced, it's nice to know we can get out on the links and play a little bit of golf. And nobody better than Western Birch to get your round started right. That's right. Golf's been definitely one of my favorite pastimes during quarantine times. And it's recently landed my new Western Birch customized golf tees. Go check out Western Birch golf tees at westernbirch.com. These classy golf tees are made of 100% white birch hardwood and printed with high quality color right here in the United States. A company founded right here in Montana. These durable wood golf tees, perfect way for you to market your business. Just think, anytime you break a tee, your brand is sitting on the tee box forever. You can hand them out to your clients, your buddies, your golf partners, whoever. Great way to earn top-of-mind awareness while also playing a sport we all love. 
Again, you can check out all the cool designs online at westernbirch.com. Add your logo on a 1,000 of any of their tees for $150 delivered to your door. Give them to clients, friends, watch them get impressed by the quality of the look of a simple golf tee and by your creativity. Give Western Birch the opportunity to show you what they're talking about. Email and ask for Chad at info at westernbirch.com, info at westernbirch.com, or follow on Instagram and Facebook, westernbirch.com. He stands like a statue, becomes part of the machine. Being all the bumpers, always plays clean. Plays by intuition, the digit counters fall. Two-Tone Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Welcome back. I don't know if it's playing for all eight seed. I think it may be a playing for the eighth seed. Oh, I see, I see. But uh, but we, uh, I'm not, I still am unclear on the format. I do know the 13 and 9. I like that, man. Let's give, you know, credit where it's due. The West is better than the East. Let more of them show up to the dance. Uh, Two-Tone Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Uh, we are uh, happy now to go to the Rankish Brothers RV phone line and welcome in yet another uh, commit in the uh, state of Montana for football. Elijah Reynolds joining us from Red Lodge. He's headed to Montana State. And Elijah, thanks so much for being with us. How are you? Hey, how's it going? Doing great, man. Thanks for being here. We appreciate it very much. Elijah, I got to ask you this. You were the first in-state commit uh, to uh, to make your decision to go to Montana State why Montana State, and, and what was it like to be the first one out of the gate to say, yeah, this is what I'm going to do? Yeah, for sure. It was it was really cool being the first commit. And, uh, you know, they asked me if I wanted to be the first commit, and I definitely agreed to it at that time. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just always where I wanted to go. And, I mean, I got to know the coaches really well and connected well with them. And it's just I really respect what they stand for as far as, you know, their – family mentality and i just you know i just like what the place stands for hey elijah coulter duanas thanks so much for communicating with me and, and for jumping on with us really appreciate it uh, being such an early commit that's a rare thing for a guy from montana especially guys playing small school football like yourself in red lodge so montana state i mean obviously they were recruiting you early on what was that process like i mean what when did they first start recruiting you and how, how did you? How, how were you able to decide to make such a, a, a impactful decision for your future uh, so early on? Yeah, um, you know, camps were a big thing for me because I mean, coming from a, a small school, those prospect camps are really important to show you know what you can do against upper competition and just compare against other guys in the state and you know other states. So. Performing well at those camps really helped me out in recruiting, and that's really where I kind of got it all started. Tight end, is that what they're slating you as to play? Um, Yeah, tight end. Well, when you watch Montana State play, then we had a, we actually did a, a pretty long segment on this show earlier on this week. We had Nate Potter, tight end's coach, a couple sound bites from him. But Montana State, you know, myself as a former lineman and a guy that loves teams that run the football what they do with their tight ends is so diverse. Sometimes the tight end might be more of an H-back. Sometimes he might be more of a fullback. Sometimes he might be more of an extra offensive tackle. Sometimes he's an inline tight end, a split tight end. And a lot of times they're playing two and even three tight ends on the field at the same time. You must love the fact that Montana State, they have so many different roles for their tight ends. Yeah, absolutely. Like That, that was a big thing I looked at, too, is 
Yeah, they just they use their tight ends a lot and talking to Potter and through the recruiting process, he he let me know that, you know, tight ends are gonna become gonna become like more of a more of a target in their offense and check downs and stuff. So yeah, I, I definitely got excited watching those games and what the tight ends can do for him. Elijah Reynolds joining us. He's a Red Lodge student. He's uh, playing football there and then headed to Montana State to play his college football. Elijah, when it comes to the academic side of this thing, have you considered going into radio? I didn't realize you were 38 years old, man. This is great. You got a booming voice. You could do this. You know, I, I know for a fact you could do this thing. So, yeah, thank you. Well, you're welcome. If it's not radio, what's it going to be? You got any idea what you want to study in Montana State? I know you got some time to decide, but have you thought about that at all? Yeah, I'm looking to go into uh, like engineering, probably civil engineering. That had to be a big influence then as well. I mean, Montana State has a premier engineering school. Yeah, for sure. What is civil engineering? Is this where we're setting up like how streets should run and uh, parks overlaid in towns like that kind of thing? What are we talking about there? Yeah, actually, uh, ever since school shut down, my my dad actually works in buildings at Rimrock Engineering. So I did a I did an internship there when school shut down. So yeah, they just you know test uh, concrete and asphalt and you know soil where things are going to be built. Right on. What other things did Montana State's coaching staff sell you on just about the vision for the program? And what other things did you like just about the university in general, football program in general, and some of the other things that intrigues you about becoming a Bobcat? Ah, uh, yeah. Like I said, coaches are coaches are huge for me. I mean, that was probably my. I mean, the stadium and the new facility has obviously, you know, led me to Montana State. But the coaches were definitely the the biggest thing for me. And last question for you, then. I mean, this is what you know. I sent the group message out to all you guys, and it's kind of cool that there's been five Montana kids, and you were kind of the leader of the pack, though. So you were committed months and months and months before this recent run, and then over the last week or, or 10 days or so. Jace Fitzgerald, who jumped on with us earlier today, uh, as well as Kate Cutler, who's coming on with us on Friday, Eli Abbey from Laurel, who's coming on with us tomorrow, um, There and Jace Fisher from up in Troy, who came on yesterday. A huge run of in-state guys. Being the first one, that must be pretty cool for you to have seen all these other in-state guys. How, how important do you think it is for Montana kids to play for the Montana State program? Yeah, absolutely. Um you know, they talk, that's definitely their brand is putting their Montana kids out there against the rest of the country. So I think it's really special that, you know, they definitely take care of their uh, Montana recruits first. Well, Elijah, we appreciate you being on with us, man. We wish you the best next season and then uh, onward at Montana State as well. And we uh, will be tracking you all the way through. All right, man? All right. Thanks for having me. You got it. Elijah Reynolds, Red Lodge High School. Future Montana State Bobcat. Appreciate him being on with us. Sutel Nuanas. It's a Wednesday. We take a quick break. Come back, wrap it up. Coulter's all pumped about the NBA. We'll let him run for a little bit next. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. 
We're going to spend a lot of time on this tomorrow, the NBA, but I'm going to tell you now what the most intriguing part of this is. It's Tutel Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Great to be with you on a Wednesday evening. Hope you are well. Thanks for spending some time with us. We appreciate it very much. We're happy to be with all of you. If you missed anything in the show, check it out on the podcast, the Tutel Nuanas podcast, available on all your favorite podcasting platforms, which we confirmed yesterday are part of the internet. Okay? You go ahead and you uh, listen anytime you would like, thanks to Blackfoot and our friends at Alpine Touch. Uh, Coulter, I don't want, we, we don't have time now. We just got about five minutes to get into all of the dynamics of what are going on here. But expecting tomorrow the NBA Board of Governors to ratify a plan to restart the NBA on July 31st. I begged and pleaded yesterday, just give me a day that I can look forward to when we can do. So to have that makes me feel very good. But 13 teams from the West, nine teams from the East, 22 teams in total. We'll get into why that's the figure. Sounds like there's going to be eight games remaining. But here's the most intriguing part about this, and I don't know if you know this. Are you ready, Coulter? I'm ready. There could be a play-in series for the final seed if the teams that are in the the team that's in the nine seed is within four games of the eight seed at the time that the season the regular season quote unquote comes to an end after they've played their eight games left in the regular season if you're within four games you can have a play-in series that play-in series is two head-to-head matchups that the nine seed has to win both of to then overtake the eight seed wow so this, first of all, this is all supposed to take place in Orlando at Disney. That's the idea. One site, the whole thing. But I love this, man, to have an opportunity. You're like, okay, we're still four games out here or less, but we have a chance, but we got to go two for two. We got to win them both back to back against the eight seed in order to kick the eight teams, eight seed out of the deal and let that nine seed get in there. There's, there is a chance that this won't even happen. There's a chance that, that the, the nine seeds could be four and a half games or more out, and then that's it. That's all those eight, right. teams, the eight seeds are there. But I would love to see a, a two-game play-in scenario where you got to win them both. Damian Lillard's licking his lips. Oh, you kidding me? Who wants that more than Dame? Nobody. Now, here's what's amazing. The eighth seed in the West, uh, who I forget who occupies that spot right now, but they are seven games behind the seven seed. But there are four teams that are within a half game of each other, nine through 12 or nine through 13 in the West, that right. are chasing that eight spot. Right. And they are all, I mean, it is, if I may say, it's like the restart of a NASCAR race, right? Where sure. like they're all just bundled up again together coming into turn one. And, and, and we'll see. But now here's the thing. There's almost a mini playoff with those teams because yeah. it's, it doesn't matter if you're the 10, 11, 12 seed, you're within four games. It's not only in. the nine only seed nine. That, right. that's going to have that play-in opportunity. But right now it is the tra- Trailblazers who are three and a half games back, I believe it is right now, with eight now, well, officially tomorrow, eight games to play uh, and an opportunity to track that team down. And by the way, what Damian Lillard said about, you know, Unless we have a true opportunity to make the playoffs, I don't want anything to do with this. I would consider this a true opportunity. Like he's going to be there front and center. And this is going to be the most fascinating part because we talk about this during the college basketball season 
a lot of teams, I, I think this is maybe something that people don't understand. A lot of teams just don't aren't really that interested in playing by the end of the year. They're tired of each other. It's the same dynamic in the NBA, and the season's twice as long, three times as long. Yeah. The Trailblazers are going to be ready to play. They're going to oh, yeah. want to play. They have reinforcements coming. I'm pretty sure they're going to get Nurkic, Rodney Hood, and they're going to get a bunch of dudes off injury. Zach Collins. Zach Collins. Zach Collins and Nurkic are the two the two big ones. No doubt. Uh, and I mean, because you pair those guys with Whiteside, and now all of a sudden, and, and then Melo, and all of a sudden you have one of the most formidable front courts in the league. I mean, this, this benefits nobody more than it benefits Portland because, as Damian Lillard said, look, if they're if everybody's rusty, then we can beat everybody. Because and also July thirty first is a long long, July thirty first a long ways away. Long ways. So I mean we're talking about two months away until this thing gets going. And so you can I mean it's gonna be interesting to see what guys stayed in shape, but also you can get into shape, especially when you're this level of athlete. I mean, you give these guys seven or eight weeks of training. I mean, you can go from couch potato I mean, none of these guys are couch potatoes right now, but you know what right. I'm saying. You can go from low level relatively to high level very quickly. Yeah. Especially if you're chopping at the bit to do it. I'm just gonna be interested to see who's really, truly engaged in all of it. But this is a wonderful thing for all of us and uh, something to watch. Well, I'm, out. I, I, I'm wondering how many courts there are, if this is all just happening on one floor in the same building all the time, or if there's going to be multiple games happening at once. you got to think that in a playoff scenario that there's got to be a, you know room for everybody to kind of go all at the same time. Or not everybody, but you know multiple games happening. So um, um, uh, uh, there's plenty more to come on, on all of the logistics and the details, but uh, it was a happy tweet that we saw from Adrian Wojnarowski yesterday, and it will be a, a happy day at the end of July going into August to have uh, the NBA back, providing any sort of setback or something like that. So that that uh, that brings a smile to, I think, everybody's face. Baseball, figure it out. To tell Nuanas, boys and girls, have a wonderful Wednesday afternoon and evening. We'll see you tomorrow. Talk more Troy Anderson, talk more NBA. Until then, good night. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.